This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Bruce Wilkoff, Deb Family Endowed Chair in Lead Management and Director of the Cardiac Pacing and Tachyarrhythmia Devices at Cleveland Clinic. Dr. Wilkoff, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. It's a great pleasure to be here. Absolutely. And I'm really excited for our conversation today. I know we'll talk a lot about cardiovascular implantable electronic devices and some of the potential infections with them as well. But before we dive into that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Certainly. Uh, I have a degree in engineering and went on to do uh, uh, medicine. And particularly that engineering background uh, was great start for learning about these implantable electronic devices uh, called pacemakers and defibrillators and cardiac resynchronization devices. They're essentially implantable computers that go into people and they provide for heart rhythm. Uh, and so this is, I've been doing that for the last uh, 36, 37 years. Um, all of that at the Cleveland Clinic and I've been overseeing the, the development, which has been quite considerable over those many years in this industry. The devices are much more sophisticated, much more capable, and helping a lot more people. Well, it's really fascinating to hear and great to know how things have evolved, especially throughout your career. So uh, first off, based on your expertise, could you talk a little bit about some of the big challenges and stumbling blocks with the CIED infection? What really is happening today that you're able to solve for? So what happens is these little metal cans that go under your skin that are any of these devices are attached to leads. And these leads go through the vein, act as extension cords, connecting the device that's under the skin to the heart, which is inside the chest. So these leads go th going through the veins are, are a target potentially for bacteria to grab onto and cause an infection. Or alternatively, the infections can occur where the can is itself. And while this doesn't happen frequently, there are so many of these devices implanted it's quite a large problem and a problem that's quite serious because it's often underrecognized and if underrecognized, also undertreated, and then it can even be fatal. So it's really important. These infections, they occur maybe 1% of the time uh, when they're initially implanted, but people have these devices for decades and when the, the battery wears down, let's say in seven to 10 years, and you have to replace it, then there's an additional risk of infection. And the risk of infection goes up as time goes on, as the number of uh, surgeries go on. And even though the surgeries aren't big, if you develop an infection, then it's a big problem. Absolutely. That's a really great point. And in thinking about how, you know, these infections are oftentimes uh, unrealized and unrecognized until it becomes a larger problem, what can healthcare providers do, whether it's the surgeons or other clinicians that patients are working with, to really make sure that they're in the right space in identifying these as much as possible? So we sort of fall asleep a bit uh, in thinking that these devices that are under our skin, we don't feel them, they're working, they're doing their job, that really it's, it's, it's not a big deal. But uh, so a lot of people don't even recognize 
when there are maybe changes in the skin over their, their chest where the device is, even redness or swelling, but sometimes just uh, uh, dimpling and, uh, and thinning of the skin. Um, more serious problems could be like fevers or chills, but the problem is that people don't think about it. They're going to the doctor for their blood pressure or for their other heart disease or for uh, whatever innumerable type of things can be going on, and they pay no attention to this. So just simply even just looking at the place where the device is, is the start. But the second part of this is people don't understand how serious it is. So if you don't think it's that serious, you may not be working that hard to figure it out. But the consequences of having an infection could be quite severe. Matter of fact, people die. And people die quite frequently from uh, this kind of an infection. If unrecognized and per people have a blood stream infection with a device, about a quarter of those people could be dead within a year, even with full treatment. And if they don't get full treatment, it could be 75, 80% of those people could die within a year. So it could be very serious. Absolutely. That is really significant. And thank you so much for illustrating with us how the implications of not being able to identify these types of infections and treat them appropriately. Can you tell us a little bit about the CIED program at Cleveland Clinic? What are you doing in order to address these issues and really make sure you're providing great care for patients? That's a great question. Uh, the foundation of CIED follow-up is that people come back on a regular basis. There are two parts to that. Some of it is remote monitoring that you do from your homes. It's electronic. We can't see what's going on, but we can see what the device uh, measures and such like that. It's up to the patient to bring to us symptoms if they're having them. And I encourage the patients to tell us about their symptoms and let us decide whether it's something important or not. But it's crucial that these patients come to be seen in person at least once a year. And during that period of time, it's crucial that somebody actually opens up the chest, uh, the, the shirt or the blouse, whatever, and actually inspects this site and ask for questions like fevers or chills or swelling or pain, uh, these types of things. So we follow many, many people, mostly from afar, but they come in, all of them, at least once a year. And since not everybody is as careful to make sure that happens, um, sometimes these things can go undetected for quite some time. The other thing we do, and something that I would encourage people to do, is we can take pictures. We all have our cameras on our phones. And if you take a picture, and then you take another picture three months later, six months later, a year later, and you see changes in your the, the pocket, the area where the device is under the skin, then something could be wrong. And usually the, the pocket should stay the same over decades, shouldn't change much at all. So if you take a picture and you compare it, I mean, it's hard to pick up if you don't have something to compare to, but if you have a picture now and a picture a year from now, or somebody examines it now and a year from now, then you're able to pick these things up. We particularly pay attention in the period of time just after an operation. So just after implant to watch the incision heal 
And then after a battery change, that's the time where the, the changes most commonly occur, but they can be delayed. Some of the infections don't occur. Uh, in fact, almost half of them don't occur for more than a year from that last surgery. So we're very careful to, one, tell the patients, you can be your own advocate. Let us know when there's a problem. If you feel anything, you don't have to understand the significance of it. You just have to let us know. And then we'll take it from there and come back and be seen. That's, that's the part that they can do. Um, the part that the doctors can do is they take a look, they document, we see what goes on and take these things seriously. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point and really some helpful, helpful tips in terms of thinking about how you can really track these in, in from the provider side, as well as the patient side, making sure that you're staying up to date and, and preventing any issues from rising to a situation where it can be fatal and really problematic. And it's so interesting, too, to think about how the cell phones and those pictures can really be helpful within this process. Are you seeing any other technologies or, or trends from that perspective that are really making a difference? Well, sort of the crux of the matter here is the therapy for a CIED infection is relatively dramatic. So we have to take it all out. We have to open up the skin, take out the device that's the pacemaker or the defibrillator or the resynchronization device. And we have to take out the leads. That's called transvenous lead extraction. And while 98% of the time, that goes very smoothly. And it's, a, it's not a simple operation, but it can be done well uh, in many places. But about 2% of that time, there could be complications. And while that doesn't sound bad, some of those people die. And so it's important to understand that the therapy for, for these infections is not just antibiotics, and antibiotics by themselves will not cure this, but you need to remove everything and you have to get antibiotics. So it's, it's a big deal. And unfortunately, one of the barriers to getting uh, this taken care of well is people are more afraid of the small risk of having a problem with, with an extraction than they are from the infection, which is actually a very large risk to their, their being alive. So it's, it's sort of getting that perception out of balance back into calibration. So if a person has an infection, it's better to treat it seriously, take everything out, clean up the infections, and then put a new device in as necessary, instead of hoping that it's gonna clear up by itself, which it doesn't do very often and can be a fatal mistake. Got it. That's so helpful to know. And thank you so much. Before we wrap up our conversation, I wanted to ask one more thing. Is there anything else that would be helpful for healthcare professionals and especially those working closely with heart patients and those with implantable electronic devices should know about these types of issues and really making sure that they're putting these preventative measures in place, especially as we transition to more of a value-based care environment and really looking to optimize the outcomes for patients? Well, my plea here is that there are many people taking care of each of our patients. And we work as a community. And so we're working along with the American Heart Association and 
with the physicians in the community, but also patient advocates and nurses and uh, very health, various healthcare organizations to sort of get the message out that first of all, CIED infections are not rare. They're not common, but they're not so rare that you can forget about them. They're not only not rare, but they're very dangerous and they are treatable, but the treatment is not in antibiotics by themselves, but extraction plus the antibiotics. And finally, that the risk of extraction is very small in relationship to the risk of infection. And this uh, message, getting to the primary care doctors, getting to the patients, making it clear to everybody is a message that the Heart Association is teaming up with the physicians and the rest of the community to try to get it out there. And it's not just the pacemaker doctors, but it's the surgeons and it's the primary care, you know, the internist, the family physician, their, your kidney doctor, your lung doctor, your infectious disease doctors, all of these doctors need to understand that this is not, not something they can ignore. They don't have to treat it by themselves. They can bring it to uh, somebody who knows a little bit more about it. And asking a question, does it, if it's not, not an infection, it's not an infection, no harm, no foul. But getting this message out is crucial because there are millions of people with devices and even with a one to 2% chance of an infection, that's many, many people dying that should not be dying from these infections. Absolutely. Dr. Wolkoff, thank you so much for being here today and really uh, talking about this very, very important issue. I appreciate your time and we look forward to having you back again soon. Thank you.